A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Absolute chills up and down the spine. What a moment for wrestling. What a moment for the world of sports entertainment or professional wrestling. Uh, as he has been 16 years away from that, according to CM Punk. AEW last night gave us a pop unlike anything. You know, we even can remember from the Attitude Era, from Stone Cold, from The Rock, from you know, CM Punk back in the pipe bomb days, going back to Hogan, going... It was one of the greatest all-time crowd reactions. CM Punk coming out in Chicago and getting that response was sensational. You're listening to Talk Wrestling from TalkSport in your Fight Night feed. SummerSlam is tonight, NXT tomorrow. And so, with Alex McCarthy doing brilliant work over on the TalkSport website... Go to talksport.com forward slash wrestling and bringing us a whole host of brilliant interviews this week. We thought we'd deliver you just a, a big old whack of them in podcast form. So we'll get to the CM Punk stuff. We'll have a new show for you on Tuesday where we'll review SummerSlam, where we will review the action from NXT TakeOver as well. And look, I'm not going to lie. I'm stuck currently in the Welsh countryside with not particularly great Wi-Fi trying to figure this whole thing out. So if the quality doesn't sound great today and the fact that it's slightly delayed on a Saturday morning, I can only apologise for. But don't worry, I'll be watching all the action over the weekend. I'm back. Me and Al will get together Monday night, Tuesday morning. We will break it all down and we will talk all about CM Punk's return, the setup with Darby Allen, the whole promo. We will dissect it. I promise you that. Absolutely you're going to enjoy it. Now, because I'm just going to leave you in the capable hands of Alex McCarthy in these brilliant interviews, I'm going to do all the shilling at the top. So don't forget, please give us a rating and a review. If you're not subscribed yet, do subscribe as well. Really helps other people find the podcast. The numbers we're doing are excellent. Check out the other stuff on the Fight Night feed as well. It's really worth your time. And coming up on the show today, and it's not a bad lineup of guests for you, we have Ilya Dragunov and Volta. 
We've got Mustafa Ali. We've got Roddy Strong. We've got Eva Marie. And you're going to hear, first of all, from some of the conference calls rather than one-on-one interviews that Al was on from Seth Rollins in a moment, from Charlotte Flair, and from first of all, it's going to be some big meaty men slapping some meat. Al speaking to Bobby Lashley. Hey, champ. How are you feeling? I feel like a million bucks. As maybe you a billion. As you should. we've already passed the millions. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wanted to say, man, uh, I really enjoyed the Broken Skull sessions with Stone Cold. I thought it was awesome on the network. Um, and it kind of got me thinking, you know, back to the Vince McMahon feud, do-rag Vince. And all that good stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, like, you know, you've grown so much in the company now. So much time has passed since then. You've kind of, you know, graduated to the position many of us always believed you would. Uh, so, and I guess the relationship with Vince McMahon develops along with that, right? Like the trust and being so involved. Like, just talk to me about how the relationship with Vince has grown from Durag Vince days to having you as the champion of his company. Well, because, you know, when I when I had that feud with Vince and, and Shane and, and the whole family, I learned more about the wrestling business. My, my first run in, in the wrestling business was was amazing, because uh, if you just think about some of the people that I had the opportunity to get in the ring with, um, from the Fitz to Fit Finley to Booker T's to JBL's to William Regal's, um, the Umaga's. Uh, the big shows, like all these guys that I had an opportunity to get in the ring with. And then on top of it, being able to be in the ring with Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon, you can't learn more about the business than wrestling and competing and fighting and having a feud with the person that the business is about. And that's Vince McMahon and the McMahon family. So I learned so much from him at that time. And, um, and you know, what? Vince is not going to get in the ring with somebody that he doesn't have trust for. Uh, if he didn't have trust in me, then I would never have the opportunity to have the feud with him. So he gave me that opportunity, and, and the feud was incredible. When he had the do-rag and, and everything that we did in that time, I learned so much. And, and I think at that point in time, he, uh, he gave me his trust, and, and, and I ran with it. So I think right now I always had that trust with him because Vince knows the kind of guy I am. He knows what I'm about. I mean, Vince is the type of person that, that works his ass off, and, and it shows from what he's done with this with this with with the business and he sees that in me and he's always seen that in me i'm that kind of person like that you know that just busts his ass i'm that person that you can put in your company that you always know is going to do the right thing and always go out there and bust his ass and, and give it a hundred percent and that's what i've always done so um i think vince understands that and i think that's why i'm the champion to this day hey charlotte thanks for taking the time with us today uh, i just wanted to touch on obviously you're going to be challenging for the title again this Sunday. But we've seen reports again about Queen of the Ring perhaps surfacing as well, being that you are the Queen. I think fans <laughs> obviously see you so integral to the concept if that were to come to fruition. Uh, what are your thoughts on there being a first ever Queen of the Ring and the opportunities that would bring so many of the talented women on the roster? Well, and I think it's great because of the opportunities it brings. It allows... Um, multiple women to be highlighted, maybe even from NXT and everyone to get involved. But being that I'm already the queen, if it was to, excuse me, if it was to happen, I believe whoever wins it has to face me. Since I am the queen of queens, right? <laughs> naturally, naturally. Like, I don't think I have to be in it. I already have the title. I think they should have the opportunity to face me if they win. 
and then you're on pay-per-view. It's queen versus queen. I like it. I like it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It won't be queen versus queen. It'll be queen versus the woman who won the tournament. Okay. <laughs> Let's get something right. <laughs> Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you. Hey, Seth. How are you, man? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good. Very good. Glad to get the chance to chat again. Uh, ahead of SummerSlam, I was just remarking earlier last year, giving Dominic his debut this year, dream matches against Edge. Uh, a lot of people are calling you Mr. SummerSlam. Is this, you know, kind of a straight race between yourself and Bret Hart in many eyes? Uh, is that something you kind of take pride in? Look at your body of work at SummerSlam. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, I have... Uh... I have had a good run of SummerSlam matches, I will say. Um, obviously, being compared to the Hitman there is uh, high regard, so that's pretty incredible. Um, but at this point in my career, um, you know, SummerSlam is huge, man. It's um, it's especially this year. This one's huge. The match itself uh, versus Edge is huge, but the event is huge. Uh, it's the first time we're going to be able to be inside of a full stadium and in uh, you know a year and a half, and so it's it's really exciting to uh, to know that we've got that upcoming on Saturday, and, and the pressure's on. To me, SummerSlam was always number two um, on the calendar for WWE as a kid. I loved it. I loved the event as a child, and so being able to be a part of the uh, the lore and the history and the legacy of this event um, is pretty special. So yeah, man, I, I always uh, I lace them up extra tight for SummerSlam. Great stuff from Seth on being Mr. SummerSlam, Charlotte on Queen of the Ring, Bobby Lashley always in good form as well. Uh, right, let's do our ones from uh, from this weekend, and, and we're going to start off with coming up, we're going to have Walter and Ilya Dragunov, both halves of that NXT UK Championship match. And we're also going to hear from Eva Marie, we're going to hear from Roddy Strong, but first let's hear a, a fascinating conversation with Mustafa Ali, and the stuff here on Brock Lesnar is sensational. Welcome back to Talk Wrestling here in the UK. And yes, it is SummerSlam week. Takeover 36 on the horizon as well. A massive weekend of wrestling. But one man I've wanted to have on this show for a long time that I finally accosted. I went out and grabbed him is Mustafa Ali. How are you, my man? Accosted. What a word for the day. <laughs> I want everyone to memorize this word. Add it to your daily vocabulary. Accosted. How are you, man? Thanks. I went out. Me. I went out and seized it, Ali. That's seized what it is. It. <laughs> go, go. go, go, seize you and Ali. <laughs> uh, delighted to finally have you here, man. Because um, I've been My such pleasure. a fan of your journey in WWE, and I can't wait to get into a bit of that with you. But what I want to start with is current events, right? Because uh, I spoke to Mansoor a few weeks ago, oh, and he can you? talk. He can talk, Ali. I'll tell you the kid, this. The kid can talk. I, I, I've, I've, I've watched Mansoor for a very, very long time. I, I, I'm fully aware of his, uh, his, his mic skills. Yeah, he, um, he was a great interview uh, and he had a lot to say about you. And obviously, this is at the point where you two are kind of like circling each other. The possibilities were... What did he say about me? All, all good things, right? How very kind to things. Me? Okay. <laughs> but I think, you know... He was hoping for that mentorship, and it looks like that's kind of what we're getting. I'm really enjoying yeah. the dynamic between you two and Raw at the moment. Um, I, you know, I, you two look like maybe you're going to be 
Whoever wins the Raw Tag Titles of SummerSlam, Mansoor and Ali could be in the near future. Yeah, I mean, maybe future. That's the key word I was looking for. Yeah, I mean, right now we're at a phase right now where, you know, my intentions are clear. I'm just trying to help the kid out. You know, what I've what I've done is taken our real life background relationship and I've put it on screen, you know, because uh, Mansoor does r- remind me a lot about myself and I'm not talking just from a physical or cultural uh, background he's uh this really high energy bright-eyed yeah. kid that's just you know happy to be here and i look at it and i make the joke i was like oh that's that's the 2016 version of me and what i really don't want him to do is to fall into the same traps and run into the same disappointments that i did because that naive everything is great mentality will only get you so far in such a competitive world you have to be able to cut corners you have to be able to take advantage of me because that's what happened to me, you know, um, uh, it, and it sounds dark and gloomy, but it's not. This is the this is the positive spin. I'm mm. I'm a saint. I am a good man and I'm doing a good thing. <laughs> People might not like how I talk to him, but, you know, tough love. And, and I, I think Mansoor is learning. Have you been pleased with the results thus far? Because I think it's been really entertaining. I I'm. I'm pleased, and, and, and it's kind of like a two-sided coin for me, right? I'm very, very pleased because, again, it's a very real-life scenario. I'm taking our backstage relationship, our, our actual interaction, I'm putting it on screen, um, and I, I feel like I'm kind of, like, pulling the strings of the story as far as, like, how, to, how making this real. And the other aspect of it, I love that our story has nothing to do with our names, our backgrounds, our religious association, none of that. Because for forever, someone like me, someone like Mansoor, that's what defined us. That was our role, you know, where we're from. Right now, if you go online and you search Mustafa Ali and Mansoor, everyone's conversation is just, they're going to be best friends. They're going to be a tag team. Uh, Tony Stark and Peter Parker relationship. Like, they're, they're just comparing us. And I love that because no one, no one is talking about the fact of our religious backgrounds or where we're from. And like, that's such a huge relief for me because again, my entire career has been defined by that. People, well, he's from here, so he should be portrayed like this. Or should we not do this because he's from here? Or his name's hard to pronounce, et cetera, et cetera. To me, it's such a relief that it's such a basic formula story, but you've never seen someone like me or Mansoor in that story ever. So for me, it's just one more step in normalizing Mustafa Ali and Mansoor. These four names, we're just normalizing it for, for the entire universe. And I think there's beauty in, in that. I think exactly what you say is indicative that it's a good story, that that's what people are talking about, the story. Um, the story. And obviously the characters within that. Um, and talking about that, you were coming out of Retribution, which we'll get onto in a second. And of course, you're probably looking for a story. You strike me as a creative man that has ideas. Thank uh, you, thank you. I, I mean, uh, it, 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 I, I don't want to say, you know, run me through everything, but the process of getting from retribution to where you are now, um, difficult process? Was it a long one? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, you have to be able to look at the writing on the wall sometimes when I got the heads up that, you know, retribution was portrayed the way it was portrayed. The losses happened, me yelling was for a reason because I could tell that this is not no longer a project. It's no longer something that's going to be uh, a priority. So I'm already thinking what's next while giving my all to what I have right now. So it wasn't a, an attempt to abandon ship. I'm still trying to save this ship, but 
at some point when there's a deadline and this is when we're going to do it. Um, and once that ship kind of sailed, I'm trying to figure out where I land in, 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 in the landscape of things, you know, who's going out for what championship, who's being paired off. And it comes to the point where you're not on and then you're not on again. And you're not all the while trying to figure it out. Uh, I had the main event series with Ricochet that got like great reviews. We had this yes. big two out of three falls. Man. But again, it never translated to, okay, let's take this off main event and put it on Monday Night Raw. Like that was my goal. Like this feud's hot. The action's great. Let's get a pay-per-view. Like, so again, it, it, you know, it's constantly. And then it was literally, like I said, a, a real life relationship where I think Munster was doing something young and dumb and I had to correct him about something <laughs> and, and I yelled at him about something and he's like, oh, thanks, man. Uh, thanks for always looking out for me or something like that. And I was like, yeah, I don't want you to do what I did or something. And I go, oh, that's it. That, that's the story, you know? And I just remember kind of composing my thoughts and, and, and knocking on Vince McMahon's door, had a pleasant conversation with him and, and pitched the layout of what I thought was real life, how to bring the screen. And, you know, I gave him the bullet points of the story and he added his, his take on it. And next week we're off to the races. So uh, I always, you, you have to learn to not take it personal when you're not on, you know, it's not, Mm. that's not always the talent it's not that you're not talented it's just that you don't fit into the the equation at the moment and sometimes like most of my career it's on me to figure out how to how to factor in and and i'm, I'm happy with the results so far yeah because there's been a few that i've kind of got interested about i've been excited about and then it's like oh like i remember them vignettes where you're like on the streets and you're kind of like yeah. you know a, hit, a hero and you know, it was kind of, <laughs> yeah. it was kind of cool. I was thinking, oh, wow, I wonder, the, uh, this, I wonder where this is the, going. The original concept was cool. And again, it, it became a process where, you know, you, you kind of throw out buzzwords and then WWE creative grabs it or Vince grabs it and they try to make it their own and then give it back to you. So the, like the superhero oat stuff was very me trying to do something that I thought WWE would like. If you look at the work prior to that, um, and the topics I was talking about, the, those street style vignettes, that was all me. That was me mm. just, hey, this is raw me talking. This is the way I would talk. This is what my aspirations are. These are the battles that I have without feuding with anybody. Like, this is just me talking. Um, and I thought those were great. Um, the kind of like superhero vigilante guy walk around was me trying to uh, visualize a pitch that was given to me. And obviously, sure. we, didn't, we didn't gain much traction with as far as turning it into a character on TV. But again, man, like you gotta, you have to try. I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not, I'm not afraid to throw something at the wall and see if it sticks because uh, at the end of the day, one thing that you can't say about me is that, I, like you said, you, you, yeah, you strike, I, I strike you as a creative individual. You do. So I've always, I've always prided myself on that. Like I'll, I'll figure it out, you know, and I'm not afraid to try to something. I'm not afraid to try something. I'm sorry. Me, English <laughs> isn't English is my second language. Leave me alone. <laughs> Better than me. Um, I have to say that you know there was another hiatus in there, like a seven-month one, I believe, from TV, where a lot of mm -hmm. you know a lot of people were like, "Where is Arlie?" And then you yeah. came back and you you were getting involved in stuff with like the Hurt business and and all of that good stuff. But then, of course, retribution happens. So during that seven months, um, what's the deal? Are you um, are you hurt anytime? Are you completely fine? Were you pitching no. other things? Yeah. Um, so that's, um, I probably can't get into that too much, but there was, um, there was something that was presented to me that I am very against. 
Okay. I'm very against being portrayed a certain way uh, with my with my name and, and my background, and uh, I was against it. And at, at the time, uh, you know, creatively, I was kind of like not doing much. I, I think occasionally I would tag with Shorty G, Chad Gable. Obviously, I'm sure. glad we don't call him Shorty G now. But at <laughs> the time, <laughs> at the time, Shorty G. Um, so it, it was just, it was in that process and, uh, it came to the point where, you know, then I started doing dark matches before SmackDown and eventually it was to stop being brought to TV because I think they themselves didn't know. Um, and I've had this conversation with a lot of people in the creative process, as well as, uh, uh Vince McMahon himself is they, they know, they know I'm, I'm talented. They know uh, what I bring to the table is just trying to figure out the best way to market and present me. And I get that that can be a process, but sometimes when you feel like you're not a priority, that process, that that time that needs to be put into it just keeps getting pushed to the side. And that's what happens when you get pushed to the side, you know, you're, you're off TV for seven months, you know? Yeah. So in, in, in that meantime, yeah, um, you know, it was later revealed uh, in Retribution that the, a few months later, this mysterious hacker had appeared on SmackDown. And that, yes. again, was another creative concept of mine. And the idea with it was um, the hacker would become very instrumental in the show and developing. So the way I presented it, I said, you know how we use Miz TV to launch feuds sometimes? Miz is simply the host. But we use him as a, as a vehicle to bring out one superstar and another superstar. And then there's a verbal exchange and then we can go off to work. I go, the hacker is much like that where I don't need matches. I don't even need to be in the ring. I just need to be able to expose one person's secret or use information. Again. And the concept was wildly received. And, and again, it was with that process of like, you're not there. You're not, a, you're not a priority at the moment. And then it slowly goes away. So while I was away for those seven, eight months, I wasn't just like, you know, sitting on my butt, so to speak. I was... <laughs> And all of those hacker style vignettes that you saw, like those were self-produced. That, that was me making them wow. at home, sending them in. Um, because again, I wasn't there. So I, it wasn't like I can go, hey, uh, boss, can we do this? There was, you know, there was a barrier because I'm not physically there. Sure. So it was all just me sending stuff in, hoping something would stick. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't go that route. But uh, here we are today <laughs> talking to you. So my, my, it, it, it's going to work out. Um, but, but, but to answer your question, yes, even though I was home for those seven, eight months, um, I wasn't just waiting for them to call. I was, yeah. I was definitely pitching. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing. Cause they ended up sort of saying, is, is this how it worked out? They were like, well, why don't we make the hacker and retribution one? Or was that you? No, no, it wasn't. It was the hacker just kind of faded away. Um, and again, not to get into too, too many specific things, but you know, there's, pitches going across all brands were all SmackDown, NXT at the time as well, as far as where I could go. Uh, and the decision was to bring me back to Raw. And it was, you know, a last minute call and I'm flying the day of uh, to have a match with the Hurt Business, I believe, and, you know, in a, even a victory. And I'm still hoping in the background that we, okay, maybe the plan is to get me back on TV so we get some of the traction that people think that I'm the hacker yeah. away. Um, and again, it just kind of got lost in the shuffle and then they let it go. I kind of begged and pleaded, can Retribution, the original idea, once I found out that, because I didn't know I was joining Retribution either, it was kind of sprung on to me um, uh, a few moments before we were doing it. My, my pitch then was, can we have Retribution have 
that is that's that's why we're powerful that's why retribution was able to break into the building that's why retribution knew where the production truck wires were that would lead this mm. i go we have and now retribution's angle their whole their power other than having these giant brutes behind us and and slapjack and uh uh reckoning the power that comes with it is that we know all of your dirty secrets everyone everyone from the top to the bottom it's on it's on this usb drive or it's on this something physical and i thought that would give the group this edge where like we don't have to we, one we can come down the ring and pummel you but two i don't even have to do that i had to send out this one tweet and i can ruin your life mm. because i have this photo and i thought that was and you know again I, that's real life that's, uh, that yeah that's a real life and i remember you know telling that to the powers that be i was like that's what trends you know controversy this that um and all that work turned into just a, a one line in a promo where I, I i admit that i'm the hacker and we ended up not going that route but uh again it's uh, i can't tell you why we didn't do it because i don't know uh, all i can tell you is that i tried to, to to pitch that and ultimately uh that didn't happen but um you know i i think all the guys and gals in retribution are super talented they're going to figure out who they are and what they can bring to the table it's inevitable because the talent always rises um and at the end of the day that experience taught me a lot because i was the quarterback you know i'm in charge of mm. four or five people in these multi-man matches multiple segments promos like as as questionable as some of the decisions were made and as hard as it was I, it did teach me how to like really adapt on the fly and and kind of be a leader so i'm still thankful for that role at the end of the day uh, final one for me and I know I, I mean I'm going to touch on a match of yours that I just want your insight from and I could do Please. this all day I mean I was at Wrestlemania 34 and I saw you kill it with Murphy um, you know I, I, I loved your 205 run even like Team Hogan and Team Flair that's something I'd like to get your thoughts on but yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go for the ladder match where Brock comes out at the end money in the yeah. bank um, because your face is just excellent <laughs> like the, <laughs> Talk to me about day of, you know, like what you're uh, hearing or, yeah. or week of even what you're hearing. And then yeah. day of Brock Lesnar's in town. Yeah. Week of nothing other than you're in the match day of, um, I'm winning it. You know, man, this is, this is my moment. This is, uh, this is everything I've been working for. I can't believe it. This is, this is awesome. Uh, and then I'm, uh, the, the match is about to start. The entrance is start. And I, I may be wrong about this, but uh, maybe Baron Corbin's making his entrance um, and I'm soon to be making my entrance. And then that's when I'm uh, go see the Mind boss. Up. If you want. Yeah. Mm. Uh, this is what I want. Uh, grab the briefcase, shock, and you're frozen. This is what I want. And you have to realize uh, right before you go out to the curtain is not the time to kind of argue and sure, you know, you're, you're getting a direct order about what is to be expected of you. And some people, I know some people say like, well, why didn't you just grab the briefcase? I, said, well, I was more, I, I was more, uh, I was more concerned with grabbing my check that week, you know? Mm. So I, I grabbed my check that week. Um, uh, at the end of the day, it's not my show. Uh, the guy who owns this, who writes the show, who decides what's going to happen, Gabe told me specific instructions. And I said, okay, not a problem, boss. And I went out there and did exactly what I was asked to do. I, I grabbed the briefcase. I was very shocked. Yeah. I was frozen, you could say. You were. And uh, 
and Brock came on and did his thing. And at the end of the day, hey, hey man, like it worked, right? Like people are still talking about that moment years later, you know? And then, hey, everyone's all sad about it. Guys, we got Brock listening to the briefcase like it's a boombox <laughs> dancing. I gave you that. I gave you that gift. So, hey, Brock, shout out to you. I, I should get royalties off that shirt because we had the boombox mm. shirt. So technically, Mustafa Ali is the guy that gave you that, that amazing Listen. gift. Mustafa so you're Ali welcome. You're gave welcome. the rub to Brock Lesnar. You heard. Yeah, you heard yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You heard him. He said it, not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, Brock. Jesus. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's the story, man. Like, that's, that's how it went down. Well, uh, man, I could I could pick your brain about a million things, I'm sure, as you can <laughs> tell. But uh, I really enjoyed having you on the show, man. I've kept you long enough. Thank you so much. Can't wait to see the future for you and Mansoor, how that's going to play you. out. But until yeah. then, man, uh, I just want to say... I love the kind of presence you are uh, outside of the ring too. I think magnificent role model on Twitter and whatnot. The family man, fully behind hey. you, man. Um, so thank Take you so much. Your kids. Yeah, man, I've got two girls. I'm with you. Uh, oh yeah. Thank you for coming by Talk Wrestling, Ali. Appreciate you. Thank you, man. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome back to Talk Wrestling here. And of course, it is SummerSlam week, but it's also NXT Takeover week. We've already spoken to the NXT UK champion Volta ahead of his massive showdown with Ilya Dragunov. But now we've got wrestling royalty in the house. It is Roddy Strong. How are you, my man? Oh, I'm great. Excited. How are you? I'm very good, man. As I say, how can I not be excited with all the great wrestling that's on show this week? Uh, you know what, Ronnie? There was a void in my NXT life when you was off TV for a while. Uh, and you've come back. And Diamond Mind is where we've uh, where we found you. Just talk me through that process, man. Because uh, what I'm excited to get into here is, I guess, the creative part of it. Where, you know, is that what excited you? Teaming up with these guys, being the head of the stable quote-unquote stuff like that what intrigues you to the idea uh, uh everything you listed honestly um 
you know, it was an opportunity to be the head of a stable. It was an opportunity to help younger talent. It was an opportunity to show, you know, more of myself because in this, you know, in the position that I'm in, my mindset is completely different than before with the Undisputed Era. And it was something where emotionally, I mean, honestly, I had to, to go through that whole process of, okay, this is over now. This is going to be what my future is. Uh, how do I prepare for that? And how do, how do I present myself in a different way? And when they had brought the idea up to me, it was, I, I loved it. I mean, obviously, you know, I have huge martial arts influence from my wife and, and a lot of my friends and been training more and more in that aspect. And just, I love the idea of a team. I've always been really big into that. And, you know, I wasn't always the leader of my team, but now through time, you know, progressively we've gotten to this point. And now with Diamond Mine, I feel like it's so open-ended and we can do anything that we want. We can have, you know, a lot of members that are part of the team that you necessarily don't see wrestle until they're ready, uh -huh. you know, and, but you could start seeing them on TV weekly, bi-weekly and stuff that we can do. So it starts getting, you know, a lot of people opportunities that they never would have had before, or it would have taken a little bit longer for them to get. And, uh, you know, just to feel the pressure of those situations and, and get their footing in there and, and gain that confidence before, you know, they really are presented with that opportunity for themselves down the road. So, I mean, all of it intrigued me and, you know, it's a way to, to bring out some of the old men, you know, in a way where I get to, you know, destroy people and just wrestle my style. And it, and it lends more to that with this. So I'm just excited for where we go and how we tell our story with this, because we haven't even had an opportunity to really do that yet. And I think uh, after I beat Kushida, I think we're going to, you know, have that chance. Break those backs, Roddy. Break those backs, my friend. I uh... And their souls, man. I'm going yeah. for more than just their back. I want people <laughs> crying, hoping the match is over. Mercy. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Mercy rule. We're going to implement that. <laughs> the diamond mine. Yeah, I like it. That's be the hallmark. Um, you talked about opportunities and things. I, I, I've said this before. Even I was speaking to Adam Cole the other week. Malcolm Bivens is a guy that should have been on TV a long time ago, if you ask me. Like, How cool is it to team up with somebody as charismatic and creative as him. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, I've known him for quite some time, obviously from ring of honor before I came, you know, to WWE. And when he had the opportunity to come as well, uh, you know, he's super talented. He's just, you know, one of those guys that needs the right, you know, opportunity and the right chance. And, you know, things were, it looked like they were going to happen for him and then they didn't. And, and I can understand how discouraging that could be. But, you know, he kept his uh, his chin up and just just waiting for the right opportunity. And I think, you know, like we were saying about telling the story and, and the contrast in personalities and and being able to really display that as time goes on is going to be awesome. Because I think we got a lot of, you know, serious stuff that we can do, but also, you know, just stuff that I mean, we just play off of each other really well and we haven't even necessarily been able to really show that yet so it's exciting and i'm happy for him and i really think that you know 
as he gets more comfortable, as we get more comfortable, as this thing progresses, uh, it's going to be really, really special. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, uh, there were some reports this summer as well, Roddy, that you had maybe signed a new deal with WWE. Is that accurate? And if it was, um, what were the things that made Roddy happy per se? Like, what were you looking for? I think that's more of a rumor than anything. But uh, I mean, just this opportunity makes me happy. Mm. Uh, you know, and the fact that I had some time off and I had a, a chance to you know, really just put things in perspective. And I really used the downtime to to mentally get over the situation that I was in because, you know, people think, it, you know, it's just wrestling, it's this. But that was really, really tough, you know, to know that something that made me and the other guys so comfortable was now no longer there. And we were, you know, left to our own regard. And, and it was hard. You know, it was like a rough breakup, even though we knew it was what was best for us all at the time. I mean, it's just it's just sad. It makes me sad to think about now, but it also makes me happy to just, you know, know that there's an opportunity for me to work with those guys. And I know what kind of magic we can make when we get in the ring together. So I'm really, you know, I'm looking forward to that. So just wrestling makes me happy, like being able to go in there, put in some time and you know, test myself and see exactly like where I'm at in regard to where I've been and where I plan on going. So just all of it. I'm glad that you mentioned the uh, the breakup because when I spoke to Adam last month, he was very similar where he said, you know, it was sudden, right? They told you and it was kind of like, oh, like it's happening then. But at the same time, he was like, when he took a step back, he thought, actually, this could be good for all of us concerned. But, you know, so I, it was that sudden thing for you at the time? Was that your shock? Were you like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing? Uh, and B, do you think there is money left on the table, though? You know, Or is it a case that you could get back together one day? I don't know. Oh, I definitely think one day we could. And, and it would be huge. And, you know, because of everything that was going down in the world, I think it just put us in a position where it was hard to keep us interacting with different people and we just, you know, uh, a change was necessary and um, that was the option. So it wasn't like we were going to go necessarily to another brand at that moment. Mm -hmm. So instead of just sitting there and spinning our wheels, this gave us an opportunity to, to progress as performers and then always, you know, think about one day that, you know, we could reconnect and, and do it again. So, yeah, I mean, the thing that I really appreciate is the fact that they had conversations with us and it, it, they wanted our true feelings on it. And I don't know, to me, that's big to, as a, as a, as a man, just to have them yeah. come to me and, you know, come to us and sit us down and be like, Hey, what are your thoughts on this? And, you know, the emotions of like, ah, no, 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 no. And then it's like, as we talk, it's like, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. This makes sense. So, uh, to me, that's all I could have asked for. It wasn't like we showed up to work and they were like, you guys are done. You know, <laughs> I really thought it was the respect that they they paid to us and, and the way they let us handle it all uh, was awesome. And it, and it made it a lot easier than it would have been if um, they just would have told us, hey, you guys are done. We're doing this right now. You mm -hmm. can't say anything. So, yeah, it was awesome of them. I mean, given, yeah, how influential Undisputed Era has been on 
well, NXT and wrestling as a whole, really. Like, it's great, of course, that they did do that. I do want to cast your mind back to almost the formation of it. I was there in the crowd and I was like, go Roddy Strong and Mike and Patrick Pete Dunne. So this is going to be great. And then, of course, you turned on Peter. You turned on us all. Um, that was awesome, though, wasn't it? That whole thing, like the reaction, the crowd, like the moment. Um, is that one of your fonder memories in NXT? Just It was just wild. Oh, 100%. It, it was just one of those things that, you know, people are eager for something, but you never know exactly how much they really, truly want it. And, you know, we, we wanted it. So it, it really was a natural fit. And I would say easily one of my top two moments of my career, you know, just to get that many people excited about the potential of what's going to happen because nothing really happened at that moment. They just knew something special was about to happen. And, mm. you know, the fact that we, we collectively as a group did that, you know, after that day, it was just, ah, just the memories. It, it was awesome. And it's something that'll live in, in infamy, you know, in WWE history. And that's freaking crazy yeah. to think you- about. That is crazy to think about. We always go in, like, you know what I mean? Was was it a long-term plan? Like, yeah, we need to get Roddy into Undisputed Era. Like, because again, from you joining the company, you had a great run as like a baby face and stuff. And then obviously the wheels started to turn, you were interacting with them and then eventually you turn on Pete. Like how far out was it planned, I guess? Uh, you know, honestly, from the feeling I get, I, I feel like maybe they somewhat tried to do everything to not put me in the group just because <laughs> yeah. it, it seemed like the most obvious choice. And that's, you know, obviously they like to challenge themselves. Like Hunter's really good about like just making things, you know, different and, and try not to always do what people expect, but it was just one of those inevitable things. And, and uh, yeah, it was like a couple of days before, like, okay, this is really going to happen. All right. Like, just so it was, it was awesome. And for me, that made it better than it being like months and months just sitting there like, oh, like mm. just the uncertainty was made it more exciting and more of a natural reaction from all of us. I mean, sometimes the obvious thing's the right thing to do. I think history will tell us this. We've understood that is exactly, right? Yeah, that's exactly what was talked about afterwards. You know, it's just like it was so obvious. Yeah, but it worked. So here we go. Exactly. Uh, the other thing I was thinking about this summer when you had the break off TV and whatnot, and obviously call-ups are always spoken about, there was a part of me that was like, man, I could just imagine Roddy Strong having bangers on SmackDown and Raw, ton of guys that he could work with. Um, I guess the easy question here is, was that ever considered? Because breaking away from Undisputed Era, I guess there's a part of you that's like, ah, oh, you know, and then what do you do from there? And you've done tremendously well to go into what you are now. But were there thoughts of, okay, maybe I could do this or maybe, you know, at least in your mind? Oh, always, always. And that's one of the things there is so many, you know, there's so much talent that I haven't had the opportunity to work with yet. And that's, you know, something for someone that's been doing it so long. I mean, that may, that excites me. And, and right now, like building this and laying the foundation for this and where this takes us, uh, you know, hopefully it will take us on, on a journey where we do, you know, travel to these other brands and I get to interact and I get to tear it up with all the guys. There's, you know, like 15, 20 people that I could really, really, you know, make some magic with. And I hope 
More than down that. the line. There's a, yeah, I'm just saying <laughs> off the top of my head right now. I'm just yeah. There's so many people. And, you know, and I want to test myself, you know, there because, you know, it's the forbidden land. People do, people like me and guys that, you know, it's just one of those things where it's a big challenge. And, and that's the type of stuff that excites me at this point in my career. So eventually I'd like to, uh, to go up there or over there and yeah. uh, see if they're ready for me. Well, I mean, in that vein, Survivor Series was cool. You beat AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura on paper. That's in like an insane matchup. Like out of everything that weekend, I was looking at that thinking, Jesus. Like, and and of course, it was great. Like, how how much of a thrill was that for you to get up there and just be able to, you know, I guess collaborate with these guys and make some magic? Oh, man, uh, it was unbelievable. Just you know, because there was eagerness from all of us. And, you know, all three of us and the fact that I've worked with them before, but we were, you know, they were excited to work with me, felt good because it had been some years. So, and I was very excited to work with them and it was overwhelming. I actually, man, I remember I rolled out of the ring and I was like, cool. and I just like cried a little bit. I was just from so much like, oh my God, I get fired up. If you ask anybody when I'm in there, it's just, it becomes, everything becomes so real and, uh, you know, I just get lost in there and I kind of like black out to the world and I just do my thing. And I was just like, holy smokes, I can't believe this uh, actually happened. And uh, there was a lot of pride, like uh, when that was all done. Yeah, uh, deservedly so, my friend. Uh, to finish off here, you mentioned Kushida earlier, like Diamond Mine, looking at the Cruiserweight title. Uh, you've been North American champion and stuff. Like what would the Cruiserweight Tag title? champion. Of course, of course. Sorry, I was only saying individual accolades. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. for, the, for the Cruiserweight, though, man, what would that mean to you to bring to Diamond Mine? And, you know, uh, that title, I think, when you look at the people who have held it recently, you know, it's, it's been amazing to see the lineage. And now with Kushida, yourself and Kushida, in like a series of matchups, is hella exciting anyway. So I guess that would be a perfect way to start off Diamond Mine, right? Oh, oh, 100%. I mean, Kushida's done a great job. I think he... You know, besides, you know, maybe Neville is the most important cruiserweight champion to, to ever hold the title since it's been around. And I and I think he's done a fantastic job, uh, you know, just setting setting the bar each time he defends that title. And it's, you know, it's very unfortunate for him. He has to run into me. But, uh, you know, this this is the beginning of laying the foundation of what Diamond Mine's all about. And it's just competitiveness and pushing ourselves and, you know, just setting goals and achieving them as quickly as we possibly can. And uh, tonight is a, a huge night for me. It's, you know, I don't want to compare it to any other situation, but I think at this point, you know, with everything going on, it's a, it's a pivotal moment in my career uh, to show the world uh, that I am everything that I say I am. And, uh, you know, that uh, the best is yet to come. Roddy, I've got to tell you, actions speak louder than words, and yours always have. So I can't wait to see what you're going to put on tonight, my friend. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by Talk Wrestling. It's been a joy. Yeah, thank you, Alex. I appreciate it. Welcome back to Talk Wrestling here, and we are on SummerSlam week here on TalkSport, ahead of WWE's big show this Saturday, going down August 21st. And we have a first-time guest here on Talk Wrestling, 
since her return to WWE, it is Eva Marie. Eva, how are you? <laughs> I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. Uh, very glad to, to get hold of you. I must say, in, in my research, Eva, this is a great place to jump off. I hear you're a bit of a footballer once upon a time. Yes, um, a huge, actually, uh, striker forward was my position. So I love scoring goals. Wow. What, what kind of forward? What, you, you, I'm going to imagine you're quick. You're running channels. You're slotting it in. Oh, I can just imagine it now. Exactly. You got it. You hit the <laughs> nail on the head. <laughs> pace, pace is the name of the game. Uh, let me ask you this, then. Let's jump into the WWE uh, run. Great to see you back in action. Uh, after the, what was it, four years nearly away? What, like, yeah. what, what made you want to come back? The simplest question, I guess. Like, was there always in your mind, like, unfinished business, perhaps? Oh, 100%. I mean, I feel like, you know, the moment that I stepped into WWE, I have so much love for just the company and uh, uh, I knew when I was leaving full fourth, uh, thank you to Vince McMahon, Stephanie and Triple H for, uh, you know, taking a chance on a no-name kid, but it's once you get a taste, you, you, it's, it's forever in your blood. Yeah, I, I can only imagine, like, but I guess, like, when you're signing and stuff, though, it's such a difficult era to come back into because it was still, you know, the pandemic was very much going on when you were negotiating, right? Like, I guess, what was the moment where you thought, yeah, now is the right time? Oh, for sure. You know, I'm actually really happy that I was able to experience the Thunderdome for a little bit when, mm. uh, you know, coming back. But there's nothing, there is absolutely nothing like stepping out into an arena full of the WWE universe. They are the best fans in the entire world um, and being on the best show in the entire world. It doesn't beat it. You can't. They're the best. Uh, so like between the first time when you was in the company, I remember you having, you know, a good few years there, a little bit of stretch in NXT. And then we saw you yep. on the main roster and then you departed. So like, what was the main reason would you say you stepped away the first time? Um, you know what? The main reason was just, it, it happened to be a, a timing kind of thing. You know, I, uh, I got my first movie at the, at the same time. So we just kind of had a group conversation and, um, you know, I got the, I got the okay from Vince McMahon to go ahead and, and do my first film with, uh, Nicolas Cage. And then, uh, you know, I did some more film and, and TV projects. And then when the timing was right to step back in and, uh, you know, I'm always ready to bring the heat and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm doing that right now with the evolution. I mean, speaking of bringing the heat, you did so with Bruce Willis last year, right? Yes, exactly. Hard kill. It was amazing to be in a film. I mean, Bruce Willis is, is one of those as well as Nicolas Cage, but, uh, you know, you immediately, or at least myself, Die Hard is such a, such an awesome film that, you know, I loved as a kid. So to be able to be in a film with him was incredible. Uh, but I guess back to the rest, and you mentioned the fans earlier, and I guess, you know, you have that kind of love-hate relationship with them sometimes, right? Like, talk to me about um, the proving them wrong in the ring kind of side of things. Is that, is that a motivator for you to, like, show them what you can really do and surprise a few people? Oh, sure. I mean, I know what I can do. And with the fans, it's, it's one of those things where whether they love me or hate me, 
uh, you know, I'm doing my job. And the whole thing is for them to get excited, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, and to really be, uh, you know, want to see me every Monday night, whether it is in the ring, on the mic, whatever it is I'm doing, um, and, and putting smiles or frowns. You know, as long as they're <laughs> as long as long as they're talking or screaming or doing something, I'm happy. Yeah, you take it. You take it. Exactly. Uh, uh, when you're talking about the in-ring stuff, like, I might be wrong here. Correct me if I am. I believe you worked with Brian Kendrick once upon a time on your in-ring work. Is that right? Absolutely. Of course. I love him. He's incredible. Um, you know, I, I definitely took his. His, uh, his finisher, you know, and I, I had the, the sliced red when I, yep. when I came back after training with him after training with him so uh you know i'm definitely thankful to him for his time when i got to really have those moments with him in the ring how does that come about like is that sort of thing you reach out or like did he offer well, how did that work exactly it's kind of one of those things where you know if you i reached out and, and asked and he definitely was more than willing and i'm happy that he was you know willing to take me on as under his wing for for that period of time I think that's very cool, though. Like, you know, a bit of an under-celebrated fact. You know, you're out there trying to get better and you're seeking some of the best talent, which Brian Kendrick has a technician. Jesus, undeniable oh, that he is. Um, for sure. Are there any others out there that maybe you've connected with either since you've been back in WWE or that have worked with you? Uh, in any facet, that could be, by the way, not just in ring, um, but maybe on the microphone and just in general. Talk to me about some influential people to you in WWE. You know what? I feel like for me... Um, being able to have my my time with Bailey um, was such a amazing learning. Just she's so incredible, and everything that she does is such with ease. She is a great storyteller, and uh, the psychology of matches and, and just being able to have my storyline with her at NXT is uh, something that I'm super grateful for. And I was trying to soak up everything that she was teaching me because she has the patience um and is so knowledgeable and willing to and she's so giving so mm. with I learned so much from her and that's why um you know I might be giving her some love right now but that doesn't mean that I don't want to step back in that square circle and, and go back at it with her now up on the main roster um <laughs> because I feel like you know we have some unfinished business to take care of as well absolutely I oh, mind you everyone's got love for Bailey she seems universally loved in the company behind the scenes. Um, speaking of loved, do drop. Let's talk about yes. that, shall we? Yes. Uh, my girl Viper, uh, a big fan, obviously, of all the stuff that she's done over here, NXT UK and beyond. So it was super cool to see her debut on the main roster and you two as a tandem. Uh, did you know each other before this? Is it just a kind of have you just hit it off since you got together? Like, talk to me about it. Yeah, for sure. So of course I knew who she was. I mean. Um, I definitely handpicked her from seeing all her stuff at and killing it out at, you know, NXT UK. She's absolutely an incredible athlete. Uh, so I had to, you know, had to soak her up. I had to bring her. I'm like, you know what? I, I need this girl. I need this girl. And then, uh, you know, as soon as we, uh, you know, we had a little, some chats before actually meeting in person and we just have hit it off. You know, I'm super uh, happy to be with uh, one of the best. And I feel like now is the time for us. The evolution is unstoppable and we're going after those tag team titles. 
uh, th that's awesome that you keep saying the evolution as well, because the vignettes when you were coming back were really cool, where you were kind of talking to camera and you're like this role model as well. Uh, not just tread on Bailey's toes, but um, for a lot of, uh, you know, women out there. So uh, talk to me about that creative process, right? Like, are these something that, that you were feeling strongly about and wanted to come back in this way? I guess ideas are kind of bounced around between all parties, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, creative is, is always one of those things where, you know, it's a, it's a group effort. So, you know, you're doing multiple things and then, you know, kind of taking from what I've been doing since I've been out of the WWE and kind of infusing it into back into the company is kind of like, you know, what we, what we were going for. And uh, I feel like we definitely achieved that for sure with the vignettes. And now we're seeing you more and more uh, at loggerheads, I guess is the right term, with Alexa Bliss, right? Like, now that's obviously <laughs> a very uh, interesting character in the world of wrestling right now. Like, what, what's the goal? Are we going to get to see Eva Marie versus Alexa Bliss on a big stage? I mean, that is the goal. That's what we're going for. And I think I'm uh, definitely have to step in the step in the ring because this this little ugly doll keeps appearing. Do drop do and myself. We need to put an end to it. So, uh, you know, I know that Alexa is definitely a fierce competitor. I mean, she was she held both Raw and SmackDown titles for for a period of time. So I know she has some some slick things up her sleeve, especially now with that that ugly, gross little doll. Um, but that doesn't mean, I mean, I got Dewdrop on my, you know, on my side. So we're going to handle business. Yeah, I know I'd rather have a doll or Dewdrop. It's a Dewdrop <laughs> all day, right? Um, exactly. Although you're braver than me because, you know, I've seen Alexa Bliss, what she can do when she puts her mind to stuff, Eva. You scared? True. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm scared, just that I know things can get a little crazy there's going to be some unexpectedness with alexa bliss and this lily doll so uh you know i got to make sure Dewdrop and i have you know everything dialed in and, and are ready to go for all the unexpected craziness in a weird way is that kind of cool though like um you know speaking of your experience in films and all the cool things you've been doing outside of wwe and then this is a much more character driven you know kind of crazy outlandish part of wrestling i guess it's it's quite a nice one for you to slide back into and show what you're all about right oh for sure i think that's what makes wwe the best show in the world is that you have such um different storylines that you can either you know want to tune into or love to see love to hate whatever it might be because if everything was the same that'd be a boring show and mm -hmm. that's that's totally not what we're what we're going for you know you want to make these outlandish storylines and characters and the pageantry and the 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 outfits from you know and the hair and everything it's like it's the best show in the world for a reason and the fact that I'm in this storyline is awesome because it's so different than what is on uh Raw or Smackdown currently you know the women's division Eva in general has just made so many strides over the past decade or so like in the four years you were gone did you notice many differences in the locker rooms or just, um, you know, generally being a part of the, the women's roster and stuff like that? Like, do you think there's any great differences in those four years? Oh, my God, for sure. I feel like, you know, they're definitely the start of 
the the change and the movement was also a, a good um I would say total divas really helped that as well because it brought yeah. a whole bunch of different eyes onto women's wrestling, the women's division. And uh, now, you know, the women are main eventing the the biggest show that we have and they're killing it. They're not going to add the park. And it just shows not only what incredible athletes the entire women's locker room is, but just how creative and how different and how um, unique and how it's, to me, it's awesome for little girls to to see the women just murdering it out there. They're killing it, and mm. uh, they're taking their opportunities that they get, and then knocking it out of the park. And that's all you can do. If an opportunity arises, and you're able to, you better knock it out of the park so you can continue to get them. And that's what that's what the girls are continuing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Like when you see, for instance, like Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks absolutely crush it in WrestleMania. Is that like inspiring to you on a performer level? Oh, for sure. Because, you know, it's just something that, you know, you, you dream of those certain moments and the fact that, uh, you know, the girls are getting them and then crushing it is, is something where you strive for so that you could either fill that spot when that opportunity arises for you, or it just goes to showcase how strong the entire women's division is and, and how strong it's going to continue to be. Mm. And, and I, I always hear a couple of different names associated with the women's division and, and they are good sort of foundations of it that do keep it strong. Uh, so like Fit Finley being one of those and also Tyson Kidd, of course, TJ, uh, yep. in the producer roles and stuff. Like, have you had a lot of chance to work with them since you've been back or any previous workings with them? Like how important do you uh, oh my God. characterize them as? I absolutely. So I was really fortunate to work with fit when I was uh, first in the company, my first run, he is not only is he just so knowledgeable, but he's so freaking patient. Um, He knows the ins and the outs and he's just so fantastic with the girls. And he um, always, 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 uh, you know, stuck his neck out there for us at that time, you know? So I was, really lucky to roll around with him and learn from him. And then now coming back and to have TJ as a producer, he is, I mean, Tyson Kidd is incredible as well. And the fact Mm. that he's able, he knows, you know, everybody's strengths and weaknesses and plays into um, all of that to be able to tell a fantastic story. So I think it's really important to have these strong uh, producers to help guide the women's division as well, because, you know, I always say this teamwork makes the dream work. So it starts from uh, from creative to the producers and then obviously to to the women being able to uh, take everything that you're you're learning and, and what these guys are advising you and then to be able to put it onto television. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, last one from me here, then uh, it should be a simple one, I guess, if it's in your mind. WrestleMania <laughs> 38 right next year. Talk yep. to me if if Eva Marie could could handpick her match, you know, like to really wow some of the WWE universe and to you know prove a point. Who would you do it with? Uh, talk to Ooh. me. Ooh, that is so tough because the women's uh, division is so stacked um, mm. from from the Raw uh, locker room to the SmackDown locker room. But um, I mean, I'd have to say. I mean, Becky Lynch or Bailey, I do. I have some some unfinished business with both of them. And I would love to step into a WrestleMania moment with them. And I can't, I can't leave my girl behind. Dewdrop is going to have to roll with me. Yeah. She's my girl. She's my girl. She's my powerhouse. 
and I love her. So uh, that would be an ideal match for me is to have Dewdrop and I together at WrestleMania 38 in Texas. I love that. Uh, you know, role model versus role model. You and Bailey, by the way. Come boom, on boom, exactly. Right exactly. itself. <laughs> Eva, thank you so much for being on Talk Wrestling today. I've really loved getting to know you a little bit today uh, and having you on the show for the first time. Can't wait to see what you're going to show everybody during this run in WWE. So once again, thank you so much, Eva. Thank you so much. Appreciate it big time. Welcome back to Talk Wrestling here on Talk Sport, the only place you can get your wrestling. And of course, it is SummerSlam week, but it's also TakeOver 36 week and one half of the NXT UK title that will be on the line at that event on Sunday. It is the champ himself, Volta. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing very good. How are you doing? I'm very good. And I'm very, very excited to see, well, the second chapter in WWE. Of course, you have a long-running story with Ilya Dragunov. Beyond that, that goes way back. But, man, that first match between you has got everyone buzzing for the second. Of course, the major difference, right, is the fans. No fans first time around. It was like the violence was almost magnified because it was just you two going at it. What do you think the difference is this time around, man? Like, you've got a whole arena of fans who are part of the party yeah i mean i'm glad that the fans can be part of the part of the event again because that's yeah i always enjoyed wrestling the most as a life experience um i think that's when it's the greatest to watch um in terms of what i do in the ring it won't change much because i'm still gonna put gotta have to put the same effort in and the same yeah the same amount of work to get where i want to be um if they're no people or if there are ten thousands of people like that doesn't change much i gotta be honest mm. um yeah i'm glad we have some people in the audience uh for that show and yeah it's as a wrestler it is nicer to have an audience around that gives you a reaction to the mm. stuff you and I, I think as well with you two a lot of people after the first one you know a lot of people had it as their match of the year in 2020 and now, I think it it's great that you're able to run it back anyway because the whole story and the arc of it where Ilya has to kind of overcome a lot of his mental demons to take you on. Uh, are you glad that you're getting to, you know, install another chapter in this story? You know, uh, given the history, you must love working with Ilya. Yeah, like Ilya is obviously like my, maybe maybe my biggest rival over the last years, like follows me everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh but yeah, I think Ilya and I we basically come from the same, yeah, from the same place in in regards of wrestling in in Germany, and we have a similar mentality about how wrestling should be. And I've also, I think our wrestling style, like the wrestling style in Germany, was always known as very physical and very intense. And I was always, I always wanted to portray a, a violent drama in a wrestling match a little bit. And I'm glad that we get the chance to. Yeah, or I get the chance to introduce my my kind of wrestling to a bigger audience now, uh, and then especially as the representative of yeah NXT UK or European wrestling in general. I know you're not, uh, you know, you don't buy into it too much, like pressure and all of that stuff, and it's more about the art for you. But like, I guess is there something exciting? Would that be the way to phrase it about trying to top or do something 
uh, different in another chapter from the first one because it is so highly acclaimed. Yeah, I mean, that's like, that's my task on that day, kind of like, you know what I mean? But I'm not, I'm not nervous about it. I always try to be very professional and collected about my work and just have a cool head. But obviously the process of doing it is obviously very exciting. It's my, it's the, the best job I like, I, I could ask for it. Like, I mean, I have a fantastic life because of stuff like that. So it's obviously exciting, but every time I approach it, I try to be as calm and collected as possible to, I think a clear mind always makes better decisions than emotions. So I try to separate, separate those two as much as I can. And I guess it's fate that we're getting it as we are this Sunday, because of course, originally, it was announced to be on NXT UK TV. And then you suffered an injury. Uh, are we right in thinking that was during like the training camps? Yeah, we it was doing? when I was getting ready. Actually, when I was getting ready for the match with Ilya in England, that's when I injured myself right in the first training session. And yeah, like it's nothing crazy, just something basic movement. And it just, yeah, went wrong. Like it's, that stuff can always happen and it is what it is. It's all healed up now. I'm, I'm good to go. So, and now it led us to being able to do that match over here uh, at takeover right after summer, right after summer slam. So it led to something good, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. So it's poetic how it's worked out, my friend, but um, you know, you said about representing NXT UK, of course, on this card. Uh, how do you think, the brand has gone from strength to strength during the pandemic era, quote unquote. Um, you know, I've had many a conversation with people where I think since they came back from that six month sabbatical, I would argue that the roster and the product is better than ever. And of course, that sounds weird because there's been no fans. But in terms of the actual wrestling and in ring, I think it's been on a better level. Do, do you, would you agree with that? How proud have you been of the brand under your under your reign as champion, as it were? Yeah, no, I I agree to that. I think, like, in general, like, the whole pandemic situation just kicked everybody out of their comfort zone. And I think every time you get kicked out of your comfort zone, that's when you have to react and you either make it or, yeah, you just get, you just don't make it somehow, you know what I mean? So you either adapt to that, you, yeah, you either adapt to the times or the circumstances or people are going to lose interest into you. And I think... Uh, that really helped. So everybody kind of had to like rethink what they do and like push themselves and yeah, try to try try something new and try adapt to the situation. And I've, obviously that leads, I think, to a lot of effort that lots of the guys put in. And yeah, I would say I would definitely say like the brand as a <clears throat> as a whole got better during the during the pandemic, and it really helped. And I even. I never felt bad about that we didn't have, like, we still don't have fans in the building at the tapings and stuff like that because it's still a different atmosphere and it's still different to all the other shows that are that are on and it makes it stand out a little bit. It has its, it created its own little atmosphere, I think. Uh, and, yeah, um, I think everything is heading in the right direction. I agree. I agree. Um, I guess the other thing I wanted to touch on in terms of NXT UK and NXT at large is uh, Imperium, of course. And unfortunately, we had to lose Alexander Wolf. Like, how was that for you, uh, finding out the news and, um, you know, dealing with that? It creatively is, is another thing. Of course, this is losing like a friend. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I was. I'm, when it comes to that, I'm always like uh, wrestling. That's the nature of wrestling. Sometimes you spend a lot of time with the people around you, and then out of nowhere, somebody makes a decision, and you don't anymore. And then years later, it changes again, and you stick together with them again. So obviously, I felt bad for him personally, like losing his losing his position there. Um, but on the other hand, he seems to be very excited about the future and about the stuff he can do. And uh, so I'm happy for him in that regard. Like, um, it's not the end of the world to lose that job. It's like, there's so many possibilities for everybody. Um, and yeah, and who knows, maybe we see him back one day. Yeah, I have no doubts Alexander Wolf will be absolutely fine. Uh, I, and the other thing as well, you know, you're over in America right now. I remember once a time we sat and spoke and you were saying that you wouldn't go and live in America. That's not for you, right? You're very much uh, a home guy uh, with your your wife and, and all of that good stuff. Uh, as that, any conversations like that happened with WWE to this point where how would that work in a main roster setting? Would you just get up on a plane and do, you know, a lot of miles, I guess, up in the air? Yeah, like that's obviously, that's not a scenario I talked I talked about with them it's like I don't know I kind of I'm happy in the situation I am now like I am I would say I'm the only holder of like I'm the only the, the only guy who holds a European championship in WWE um and I'm a representative of European wrestling so to yeah. be authentic with that I kind of get to live in in Europe if that makes sense <laughs> um going forward like nobody can stay on top forever like at some point that's the nature of it. Uh, nobody did that before. Um, we'll see what the future brings. But now I focus on being the NXT UK champion. And I have a big match with Ilya coming up on Sunday. And that's what what really my focus is. And the outcome of that is going to decide which direction I, I go for my future. So I can't even make any assumptions or speculations for myself because I don't know where things will go. Mm. So... Um, that's not really something I spend too much time thinking about, to be honest. Well, I mean, just to circle back to Ilya, as you just mentioned there, coming out of the first battle, because everyone, you know, thought it was so violent and brutal. Uh, how did you get any kind of fresh injuries? Like, how much did that take out of you, that first battle? Like, uh, I guess just describe to us what kind, what it left on you. It was very taxing, obviously. Nobody. I was sore for quite a few days, but no major injury. Um, nothing um, in that regards. Not, nothing happened. It's just your body's in general sore after a match like that. But uh, well, that's also that's what it is like. What we do is very physical, and it's like rarely zero contact or something like that. Especially not in Europe. And yeah. Uh, I enjoy it. Like I, I love to wrestle the way I wrestle because I think it's yeah, it's the best way. Because otherwise, I wouldn't do it. And <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not I'm not somebody who complains about like bruises or something like that. I think it's great. Like in the past year, you obviously have been so for WWE fans so closely linked to Ilya. But with the NXT UK title, we also saw you with your Rampage Brown. I loved the Champa match as well. Like I think that was one that so many people were excited about because of the styles. Uh, how much did you enjoy getting to showcase yourself against those guys? Yeah, it's, I mean, always like when I have the chance to as 
and like as the NXT UK champion, we have the chance to like put on a performance that yeah makes like makes people put their eyes on NXT UK or make put people makes makes people put their eyes on myself. Yeah, and uh, I'm excited for it. Obviously, it's always a big chance to introduce my wrestling to 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 the world out there, and that's what I'm gonna keep doing. It's like. Uh, it's never ending. Like every time, every time is a new, every time is a new challenge, and you're gonna you try your best, and yeah, that's that's what I love about it. Well, we, speaking of new challenges, the one I'll finish on here is is this. Uh, speaking of you the other day, uh, seeing on Twitter, the number one dream match for Volta in a lot of fans' eyes is Brock Lesnar. A lot of people want to see that clash, but I did speak to Samoa Joe the other day, who did bring you up. And he said that that's something now that he's back and he's able to be in the ring, you're somebody he'd love to get in there with. Uh, do those two names, you know, is that something that gets the blood going for, for want of a better term for Volta, especially now that Samoa Joe, that wasn't possible for a while. Now it definitely is. Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, Brock Lesnar is like, I think for, I don't know how long he doesn't wrestle. He's out for a year or something like now or two. I don't know. 18 but months like, he's been away. For, for the years before that, for the years before that, I think Brock was the best wrestler in the world. Nobody was smarter and nobody drew more money and knew how to protect him and wasn't there all the time. I loved that whole presentation about him and I think he's fantastic. And some of the best matches in WWE, like in the recent years, were had Brock involved. Like, because, you know, yeah, he's fantastic. Like... He he's gonna look like he's he's gonna look like a million bucks, but everybody who wrestles him is gonna look like that as well um, when they have a competitive match with him. Um, so obviously it would be great to do. And yeah, Joe, yeah, of course. Like I would love to wrestle. I would love to wrestle Joe. Like when I think we kind of feel the same spot, just in different generations. I think that that makes it interesting. And when I grew up, not when I grew up, but when I started wrestling and when I started to like look out for other wrestling to study it and stuff like that like Joe was the man everywhere like he was the record champion in Ring of Honor he had the great match with Kobashi that I kind of watched like 10 times or something yeah. like that I loved it and Joe did so much great stuff in wrestling and yeah would be my pleasure obviously well I hope it is because I would love to see both of them my friend but I can't wait this Sunday TakeOver 36 yourself Ilya Dragunov part 2 NXT UK title on the line. Volta, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you. Welcome back to Talk Wrestling. And of course, it is a massive week in the wrestling calendar. And we are covering it the best we can with SummerSlam, TakeOver 36 and much more. But one of the big matches at TakeOver 36. We've had one point of view on the show. We've had Volta. Well, now we've got the challenger, Ilya Dragunov's in the house. Ilya, how are you, my friend? I'm great. Thank you, Alex. I'm delighted to have you here, my friend. Um, I'm just such a big fan of, of your work. And the resurgence back to Volta. We're going to get the second installment in a WWE ring anyway, this Sunday at TakeOver 36. Uh, I said this to Volta as well. Like, Is there some, you know, some people would call it pressure to top the first one. But I imagine for you two and yourself, is it more of an excitement because you know of the chemistry you've got together? You know what you can do. The stage is is better, right? The first time around, no fans. This time, 
it's a whole different game in many respects. Definitely, definitely. Like, sure, do, uh, do it in front of fans is a absolute great feeling because you talk about pressure, like, we just do what we do. This is nothing that is, that is something that is absolutely natural when we both compete in the same ring. So we bring something very special every single time. And this time to present it to the fans is even more exciting. It's exciting to present something special that only we both can present to them. So you can't talk about pressure here. This is something natural to bring something that is completely standout, just whenever we get the chance to do it. Did you know how special it was as soon as it happened? Because obviously there's a delay between you doing the match and us getting to see it because of NXT UK being a tape show. So I guess your anticipation for everyone to see it, I know you came up short, but still you can appreciate everyone's appreciation for the match. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, this time at a stage like TakeOver, how, how much better could it get, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about with that first encounter um, and coming out of that, how pleased have you been with the story you've been able to tell of your climb back to the second match? Because I think you've done some wonderfully vulnerable, I don't want to call it acting, but you know what I'm saying. I feel you've portrayed your emotions extremely well. Um, that's all part of the story, right? I mean, like, it's not, it's not a lot about, like, portraying something or acting. Everything I do in this ring is real, and that's the reason why what I'm doing seems to be so pure and so intense mm-hmm. and so passionate, because everything is real what I do. It's real to me, and that's the reason I can deliver everything that way. Because, it, of course, it's a struggle. Like, I mean, like, doing what I do is a daily struggle. you got to do your best every single day. Like every time, because there are challenges, challenges just waiting for you. And especially if you give your best, you get the best challenges, which are, it's not getting easier for me. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not not something I expect. I just want to be like the very best at what I'm doing. I'm not like being best just in a general way. I'm a standout because I'm so different to anybody else. Yeah. There's the reason I want to have the big chances, the big challenges to show how special I am and how, how much worth it is to look at what I'm doing. Yeah, I've, and I've been there. You know, I, I can concur that the real aspect of it, I was there for the press conference part, NXT UK, and again, you could feel it. And I think that's part of the magic between yourself and Volta. Let me ask you this. If you win... On Sunday, do you run it back again? Is it a trilogy? What would what would you want to be? What would the champ want to do? Well, this is a complicated question because I everything I'm looking forward to right now is that match because that match is what the people are talking about. I don't have a lot of time to think about the future. I'm living in the moment. And in that moment, everything I have in my mind is the complete focus on what we will present, which kind of, another level of violence, another level of uniqueness, another level of something people never see before we will present. I want to give everything I have. So if the future waits for me, I will think about it when I need to. 
I was talking about this with someone earlier, um, you know, fans of WXW will know in a alternate reality, there was a time where Dragunov and Volta were tag team champions. <laughs> like, uh, is, isn't it like a, a full circle story? Like talk to us a little bit about that. Like just the history of it. I mean, like it was, I know Walter for like forever. And like, to be very honest, Walter was always an idol for me. Like when I was looking at him in the past, I always thought that's exactly how I want to be, not who I want to be, because I'm, I'm me. I'm not going to change myself anytime. But he was always like uh, the person who made me better by just watching him, talking to him. But at this point of time, I don't, I don't need to look up to him anymore because I feel I, I'm completely on the same level. And being together with a person you have been watching for such a long time, I already thought the first day I saw him, like my very first day back in Germany at the same wrestling promotion, I already thought I will have matches with this guy. I will compete with this guy and it will mean something. And this was like nine years ago. I saw the future. Like, and that... This future happens in the WWE ring and take over such a big stage finally again in front of an audience. I mean, like, this is such a fulfilling fe- feeling for me because I, I knew it. <laughs> I just simply knew it. I think, though, that, you know, you two have got that special chemistry that comes along ever so often in wrestling. And it's like you're attached together forever kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, you could even do it like a WrestleMania. Who knows? Um, it's just got so many possibilities i do want to talk about your endeavor stateside you've been on nxc the past couple of weeks the only loss on your route to volta since losing to volta is another former nxc uk champion in pete dunn uh how has it been first of all stepping out from bt sport which is a wonderful home for nxt uk but now you're in the cwc which actually does have fans uh has that like re-energized you a little bit in a, in a perverse way Mm. it's of course energized me like as a hearing people out there like wrestling in front like performing in front of people again this is a very great feeling and uh being here on television is for me the next level to present myself to present something to the people where i'm very sure they didn't see it like this before because like i said nobody here or nobody in whole wwe is like i am and everything I do, I'm just completely different to anyone else. And I thought this is like the best possibility for me to just show it to a brighter, to a more bigger audience. And uh, having an opponent like Pete Dunne for the very first like debut, it's perfect. Pete is a, just an incredible performer and get him that's the first uh, chance to compete. It's like jackpot for me because he knows my style. I know his style. He that ha- connects so well together. So life is good to me. Yeah, I was about to say, at least in WWE, like seeing you, you know, you teamed with Pete, but I believe that was the first one-on-one you had. And it's the same for Roderick Strong, which again is like another really cool matchup to have that time you got the victory 
again, like how thrilled are you to be able to work with guys like this on a week to week basis at the moment? You know, I, I'm like, uh, I'm like that, like as a person, I don't think about stuff so much. I uh, like to keep things flowing. And if I get chances like this, I'm very happy and I'm very surpri uh, surprised. And it's just, I'm just getting very excited. Like we talked about Pete Dunn, like getting Roderick strong. Like I thought that these are the perfect situations for me. This is exactly the style that fits for me. And this is the best way I can present myself before takeover to show what Ilya Dragunov is really all about in everything. How, how important do you think that tag match was that you had with Pete against Volta and Alexander Wolf? You know, it was shown in a WWE ring that you could beat Volta. Uh, it was a great matchup on, on TV. Is that an important part of the story that for people to get hold of, do you think? Because I think the match in isolation is great anyway. I think it's important to see for people that it's actually possible. Because this is like, at this point of time, Walter is just the final boss, like the end game. Like he is the, he's the one to beat. He's like the one, the one champion right now. And that makes myself even more motivated to, <laughs> to show the people that it's really, really possible. Because if you watch me, what I'm doing with the will I have, with the passion I have for all of this, the people know it's possible. It's really, it's, it's that this, I will create that feeling that I can simply do anything and make the impossible possible on any day. Mm. Uh, and on a, uh, I guess, management level, I know Triple H obviously is a big proponent of both of you and stuff. Like WWE obviously know they have something great in the Volta Dragunov rivalry. Uh, when, when it comes to like the match itself, are you kind of like, because we hear about, you know, producers in WWE and stuff. Are you kind of like left alone to make your own magic? Is it kind of like, let's just let those two do what they do and what will be, will be? I think as a lot of people already saw, what we do is something that, I don't know, who did it? Yeah, like no before. One. Yeah. No one, no one. That's, that's, that's the case, so... So I think the idea of just letting it, letting it go and see what we can create out of, out of that is the best thing. Like, because nobody can give an advice how to create that, what we are able to create. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's, I agree. I mean, is that possible? Let us both step in, the, step in the ring. Let's fight it out. And nothing else is important for that situation. Uh, last question then. It's a bit of a two-pronged one. Um, I loved the triple threat with Rampage and Joe Coffey. thought that was a great showcase as well. And that leads me into asking you your thoughts on the NXT UK brand as a whole since you've returned from the pandemic era. Of course, you've been in the BT Sports Studio, which has kind of become their home. And obviously some of the matches, and we're including yourself and Volta and that triple threat, have been, you know, real highlights of that run i've argued many times that i feel like the roster now and the match quality like despite not having fans i think nxt uk has been putting on its strongest shows um this year how do you feel like the brands come along i think it's definitely i love the brand like i feel so comfortable there 
because there are a lot of people that share my mentality, uh, my point of views for how this performance should be. And a lot of people sharing it. A lot of people work very hard there because they really want to present themselves in the very best possible way. Like you mentioned, the three-way. This is exactly the style how I want this to be. Mm. Everything, everything. And it, that's the style of the, actually like the, the whole brand. Like, a more, like people believe in physicality. People believe in a competition. People believe in, in people struggling. People believing in, like I said, just the sheer physicality that is presented by that brand is something that people can can believe and what people can believe people will watch so i think there's a it's definitely needs to be more view on this brand because there are so much talent there they can bring up so many incredible performances and you will definitely hear a lot of more from them into like in the next years i'm 100 sure about it so don't sleep on nxc and for those who have, they will get a window into what NXT UK is all about at TakeOver 36 this Sunday. Ilya Dragunov challenging Volta for the NXT UK Championship. I can't think of a better showcase than that. Ilya, thank you so much, my friend, for joining us here on Talk Wrestling today. All the best of the luck to you this Sunday. Wow, the wonderful Ilya Dragunov, Walter, Eva Marie, Roddy Strong, Mustafa Ali, plus Bobby, Charlotte, Seth Rollins, all on the show this week. If you actually want to hear our thoughts on the card for tonight and for tomorrow, we did a big preview show on Tuesday with uh, What Culture's Simon Miller, and we'll be back this Tuesday for more of the same. Don't forget to subscribe, give us a rating and a review. I've been Will Gavin. I've not done the bulk of the work this week, though. Alex McCarthy at AlexM underscore TalkSport. Find his fine work there on the TalkSport website as well. Happy SummerSlam, everyone. Enjoy tonight. Enjoy NXT TakeOver. Enjoy reveling in the CM Punk pop. And we'll be back Tuesday morning to discuss it all. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards... Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.